Welcome to the Future Print Podcast, celebrating print technology and the people behind it. Well, hi there, and welcome to this week's podcast. I have with me someone who's joined us before, Mark Graindors, who is from AGFA. Mark. Thank you, Fraser. Always good to, to see you and to talk to you and to be able to discuss in a podcast what is going on. Yeah, and that, exactly that. I was just thinking exactly that. So so you wanted to talk to us a little bit about AGFA as an ink manufacturer. And I was just thinking about this and thinking, you know, I mean, surely people know you're a, a major manufacturer. But but as you said yourself, sometimes you have to kind of remind people, don't you, that particularly in wide format market, signage market, that actually you guys are also, you make your own ink as well, don't you? That's one inroad, and it's coming to think of it, it's about 25 years ago that we started with developing inkjet ink. Mm. So it's it's a milestone. Mm. Uh, we started an inkjet with with proofer systems to to come to to work together with our printing plates, the digital printing plates, in, in the 90s, and then we developed coatings to make photograph media, proofing media. That's how we rolled in 1995 into inkjet. But we soon realized, look, there is an important consumable where AGFA has a lot of skills in-house for many, many years, for decades, mm. like printing inks or imaging consumables, uh, often using pigments in a kind of a dispersion format because you cannot just dissolve them. You have to disperse them. That kind of technology is the heart of AGFA. It was one of my major courses in my first year at AGFA, mm. which I was following for, for a week or so which was a fantastic course, technically wise, the, mm. all the knowledge at AGFA. How long ago was this, Mark? How long ago were you were you on this course? Exactly, <laughs> exactly on the spot, 35 years. <laughs> my goodness, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. so uh, there's a it real heritage. It's like yesterday. Yeah, yeah. but a real heritage of uh, ink manufacturing at AGFA. Um, mm-hmm. So what? So what, what is special about the inks? What, what is unique about the inks that you deliver to the market? So what I really liked is when we started in, in UV injectings, I really liked how we, we looked to that huh? as a newcomer in, yeah. in injecting and said, okay, we are not a traditional ink manufacturer, but coatings and inks and certainly injectings to make them go to the nozzle, find particles, surface tension control, etc., is in our skills. Mm. So let's go to this. And we did a full analysis of the quality of the UV Things on the market at that moment. They were smelly, they were jetting poorly, etc. So make a list that said, okay, where can we make a difference? And we looked at that list, we said to ourselves, it's in the dispersion. We should work on pigment dispersion in, in monomers for UV curable inks. There we mm. can make a difference. We know that at that moment, at least, many of our of the existing companies were buying dispersions commercially and just formulating inks. Mm. Well, we, we started from, from scratch. So we started with the pigment dispersion, learned how to do that and build up the expertise. And you still see that in our, in our patent portfolio, mm. where a huge number of the 175 patent families is about a dispersion step. Yeah. So, and that's where we make the difference because yep. I always say internally, a good dispersion, you need it. It's not a, a guarantee for a good ink, but if you have a bad dispersion, forget it. Yeah, yeah. Not good ink. And and that is the, the key word that that we have learned to use and to to see in a system approach. Uh, you, you develop ink in function of a system, 
a full system, a solution, an application. Mm. Mm. And what I learned over all the years, especially in industrial printing, and, and you don't know it at the beginning, but you realize that consistent printing, that is what our customers are looking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what is the result of consistent printing? Consistent printing results from different aspects of the ring. Okay, the total system. But when looking to your ink, you need a good long shelf life of your ink where your ink quality is not changing during the shelf life of the ink, the pot life, sometimes called, so in the bottle. Uh, mm. in the, the jetting reliability needs to be excellent over some variations. Uh, if you change the jetting temperature with a few degrees, it should not be suddenly not working anymore, etc. Open head time. But last but not least, and there, Alpha definitely makes the difference. Also, the first two, by the way, but the consistency batch by batch. Mm. We have such an extensive quality control in-house with all the analytical options in, quest in case of any question on the quality. We go in detail and find out what happens. We have mm -hmm. the historical curves about all batches of each color. What does it do 10 years ago and what's today, if that is still the same for me? So all this quality... Agfa quality aspects are, are, are taken to the ink level in, in detail, and that makes a difference on the market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was get, Funnily enough, I was going to ask you what, what you sensed was the difference between Agfa in terms of the process of development and other manufacturers, but it's, it sounds like you just told me what... It's only one feel. aspect. Eh? The yeah, second okay. aspect is, of course, that you know that we supply into many partners, which yep. are called many partners, but we also have Agfa systems where we yeah. develop the full system. Having the know-how of developing a full system and your ink in relation to system is very helpful to me every day working with my partners. I nearly understand every sentence they say because yeah. we, we have that culture in-house. So the link to the print system is an important aspect always. Of course, the third aspect next to your inconsistency, the link ink and printer is the link of your ink or your consumable in more general with the application. Yep, yep. And there you have to be willing to learn the full application, including the process steps in fabrication, in production, before and after your, your printing. And that, that needs to fix together. So, so you then are often having to work quite closely with the, with the sort of the final application where, 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 the, where the ink's going to be deposited onto. You have to be talking to the, the people that develop the substrates, in effect. Yeah. When you look to uh, to the laminate market and mm. printing on decor paper, mm. when you look to that end result, you would say, well, is this sellable quality? Yeah. Not at all. It's only after the full process with impregnation, top layers, yeah. etc., yeah. the pressing to the, to the back plate, that you get a laminate. So if your ink would would make it impossible to use the existing processes to make mm. the laminate, you're out. Mm. So it's part of your design of your ink to meet the current production for all other steps except for your printing. Your printing is new, is inkjet, you fit into the existing production line. Yeah. This is not only true for, uh, for laminate with mm. water-based ink, it's also true for another of one of my favorite applications, which is edge band, furniture edge band. Mm. You have a UV ink. Well, why, why is it your favorite, Mark? Tell us why. Because it, it's such a, a perfect application to go in jet. Yeah. The run lengths are short. Yeah. The variations in designs is enormous. Mm. Edge band. 
for an ink chemist, it's it's a challenge. We like challenges as chemists. Of course. It's, it's a challenge for many reasons. You need IKEA compliance, which is very strict on sustainability and solvent mm-hmm. release. You need um, a color gamut, which is immediately after printing is stable, low metabolism. You need to meet the, the, the color of the top, which is printed by water-based on deco paper. And you want to be as close as possible in different light conditions by a furniture edge band. Mm. All that... That that elements together with the application, which is so nice for Injet, makes for me a very attractive project. Mm, an mm. application on, and it's really booming now. Yeah, yeah, it's a good market, isn't it? Um, just just going back, I'm just interested more in the development of an ink. Um, how you start the development of an ink? What? Just tell us a bit more about the kind of process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's actually an, an excellent question. And, and actually, I prepared a bit for this one. I was hoping you would ask that. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I made an, an eight-item eight point list. That's huh? brilliant. Number one is define what is the target. Mm. Huh? You know all the, the, the booby trap of a moving target. Mm. So you mm. really need to be sure when you start in the definition phase of a project, what exactly is the ink set or, or, or varnish or primer or whatever you need to develop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the number one. And you need to take time for this. Second one is what is the print system? What is the speed? What is the, the throwing distance? What is the print head? How it's going to be cured or, or dried? Mm-hmm. No difference. The third one is learn the application. So once it's printed, what's going to happen with that print? And what are the durability aspects it needs to to meet, et cetera, et cetera. So the first three is all about definition. Yeah. What you then do is you have this large database of things you have produced in the past and your field of knowledge that you are that you have done. Then you're going to specifically look in certain fields of combinations of ink compounds by a screening. Mm-hmm. Screening means that you really go broad in, in the number of compounds you want to test, in the ratios between the compounds, etc. And at Akfa, we have developed this in an automated screening method, which even can run in the night with robots. Mm. They do the experiment, they do measurements. And in the morning, you go to your desk and you find the result table. And you can see, ah, these are the interesting fields of compound uh, mixtures. And there you go deeper, deeper. And at some point, you really make the ink. You go to a drop watcher test to jet it. You go mm-hmm. to a color test and you start color by color. Once you say, okay, now I have a color set and you bring them together in real yep. printing. Yep, yep. In a simulation of the final system as close as possible huh? to see oh, what is intercolor reactions. What happens if I, if I don't drive very well? You look to some latitudes of that ink and then you go on the final printer. So mm. why is this important? Because you want it takes time. But if you are the first time right, then you save a lot of time later. Mm. So that's yeah, yeah. the idea behind the program. Yeah, yeah. You want to do it as good as possible from the first time. All the iterations take you back. And that's that's important to avoid. Yeah, that's interesting, actually. Um, so t- I just want to ask a little bit about um, UV versus water-based inks before I kind of go a bit more deeper into where you think things are going. But I just I just want to get a sense of what you as a as an ink specialist think of the two different approaches and the advantages and disadvantages. Yeah. 
Also another important question, eh, because we get indeed a lot of questions. Uh, can you do it with water-based? Eh? Mm. The answer is not always yes. Um, we, we, we have started in UV inks, yes. Eh? Uh, and I see UV inkjettings growing, mm. certainly not to an extent that it's going to stabilize in the next years, totally not. Yeah. But of course, we cannot deny that water-based ink have an attraction. Yeah, yeah. Totally from out the point Packaging. of people believe that it's cheaper mm. and that it's more sustainable. Mm. What do you think Which about is, that? The last one is more difficult to access correctly. Mm. It's easy to say the following from a perspective of the ink compounds, the water-based are definitely in favor of compared to UV. Yeah. But on the energy side, it's it's different. Yeah. To dry a water-based ink takes a lot of energy. To cure with LED, uh, UV ink takes very little energy. Mm. Yeah, that's so, interesting, isn't it? So it's, if you're talking about energy consumption, then obviously there's a different approach, isn't it? It's a different way of thinking about it. But now we are taking, again, a limited scope. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It depends uh, all on the application. Your laminate floor is there for 30 years. Yeah. Recycling that important. But your packaging is sometimes single-use and is recycled the next month. So there it's important that your ink is not in the way of the recycling, mm, mm. especially in, in carton packaging. Yeah. So that aspect is, in the end, the most important, I would say. Yeah, I mean, obviously, sorry, I just wanted to pick up, Mark. So just for clarity's sake, obviously, water-based is promoted as a, a good option where it's touching food, for example. It's it's easier. Huh? No photoinitiators. Yeah, no, exactly. No reactive compounds. Huh? Yeah. UV ink is that somehow you could consider as a reactive. And that reaction is never full, full, 100%. Yeah. So yeah. we have unreacted monomers and photoinitiators, yeah. degradation products by the radical forming during UV light exposure. Mm. That all you do not have with a true water-based ink, meaning it's uh, it's not, yeah, you have hybrid inks, water-based yeah. UV, yeah. which have the problems of both, I would say. Um, so, but taking purely water-based inks, it's not by definition that you have no issues. Huh? Yeah. Um, water is not jettable. Huh? So you need to add compounds to make it jettable. Mm. Mm. Um, so it's much more complicated than to say it's, it's water, it's easy. Huh? That, that's oversimplification. Huh? Mm. But the, the drier aspect is, is a serious one. For food compliance, it's easier, but not a given. Huh? Yeah. Uh, another, another topic that often comes up with inks is ink consistency, isn't it? You know, there's the, obviously... Different locations, different places, different temperatures, all the different, you know. How do you, as a business with Agfa Inks, how do you realize this? How do you manage this? Yeah, this has multiple aspects of this question. So from the ink, you try to be as as consistent as possible. And we mm. have very narrow bands of minimum, maximum values for viscosity, etc. That's mm -hmm. one thing. Mm -hmm. um, we do accelerated aging testing on our inks as well as normal storage. Yeah. Uh, testing. So meaning if we say our ink is 24 months shelf life, we have indeed done on certain batches, put it 24 months on the shelves. Yeah. To know for sure. Uh, so that is that is the one thing we do from the consistency from the ink, make it as consistent as possible from the ink design. Mm. The second thing is also to teach your customer how to use your ink to to understand the variations that they sometimes have that they do not understand. 
and that you have to help them to see how is the ink used uh, and uh, how they can they avoid to have differences in repeat jobs, for instance. Mm. And, and am I right? You know, is it things like temperature and atmosphere and those kind of things that might impact on the color and the and the way it's laid? You know, there, there are problems with that. Well, there are more physical properties and drying yeah. that it can have for a water-based ink. We, we tune our ink typically to 32 degrees jetting temperature. Sure. But if you would use 30 or 34, it will still work. It will yeah. not be a big, big difference. That's yeah. what you need, that latitude. You need some latitude from the design of, course. of the ring formulation. Yeah, and, and why not 25? Yeah, who can keep the temperature at, at room temperature? So it's not a good idea to water-based at room temperature. No. So it's all about a combination of setting the, the, the conditions of your printing in line with the in-design. It's mm. about that. Mm. Yeah? Mm. That alignment. Yeah. Um, before I ask my kind of final question, was there anything else you wanted to say specifically about uh, Agfa as an ink manufacturer? For me, it's important that, that people do understand we are our own ink produce. I'm mm. still worried that not everybody knows this. Huh? That's one of the reasons I I was asking for you for this to do this podcast together. Yeah. To yep. make it more uh, spread out in the world. Look, Aqua really produces own inks. Yeah. Um, by a good reason. We are skilled to it. It's in our DNA. DNA. Yeah. Exactly. Huh? Um we can make a difference there. Mm. And, and the two approaches, Agfa is in that respect, maybe not, not a typical company. We use our own inks in our own system offers. And next to that, we're also an ink partner where, where my job is, is, comes into play uh, to work with those companies, building printers, but also their customers, the industries, mm. to have good uh, inkjet consumables that are really suited for their specific applications for instance, in decorative printing, huh? but not only. Mm, 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 mm. That double role of Agfa is, is, is very important for me that people understand that. Yeah, sure, sure. And obviously, it's now been a year or so, nearly 18 months since you took over Inca. And, um, you know, there's sort of the, the bringing, bringing things together. What, what's, what's been learned in the last 18 months about working with uh, another big organization in the technology world no i think it's a it's a very good fit between the two uh the two um teams mm. um, i think uh, inca team was very well respected in the world for what they have brought to the market mm. and we see why that is uh, mm. internal culture etc um of course there is the onset which is a huge installed base, is the fastest machine in that, that area. Mm -hmm. um, we were able to develop an, um, very fast a good ink set for that, yep, yep. which was launched and also got a Pinnacle Award in America, yep. which, um, which is a, a recognition of that ink set, which again shows some of the important ACFA values on consistency, low ink consumption, high color gamut. Mm. It's an ACFA ink set on a system that we we didn't know in detail, but were able to, in half a year, to make a good ink for. Huh? Yeah, and in a that's way, that that's kind of proving uh, the that you know the that's that's a proof of what you've been saying in the last twenty minutes about the ink and about Agfa as an ink manufacturer, isn't it? It's about your ability as an organisation to to respond to uh, the needs of the technology as well as the needs of the application. 
you in fact did not ask me the question that I I, <laughs> I I don't like much. And that question is coming from everywhere. How long does it take to develop a new insight? Mm. Mm. So I'm, I'm glad you didn't ask. Now I do it myself <laughs> because there is no good answer. No, uh, it can be six months. It can be three years. There is yeah. no general answer. It is impossible to give a general answer. It depends on the case, mm. on the specifics of the needs, mm. and what we have already as a skills that are so relevant. Huh? Mm. So in the case of the onsettings, yeah, we looked. What is the target? What is the system? The application we knew already. And we, we could immediately start from a backbone that we know from an ink formulation and just tuned it perfectly to that specific system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six months. That's and good. The next, uh, so it's it's impossible to give a fixed date on that. But it's a, I understand the question, of course. Yeah, people are interested to know, aren't they? Yeah. Um, listen, just as we come to the end of a conversation, I always like to ask, so 2024, coming around the corner, um, is it going to be a good ink year? Yeah, that, this is my crystal ball now. Yeah, I like I like Mark's crystal ball. Let's let's have a little look into twenty twenty four. What's going to happen with ink? So now we can look back and we had the pandemic, we had the energy crisis. So and sometimes you're surprised what you expect to disrupt totally your business is not mm. something else that you say mm, maybe disrupts enormously. Yeah. So. It's difficult to predict. And, and still, the influence of the energy crisis, especially in the dec decorative market, is not gone yet. Mm, People mm. are still careful to invest in new houses or in renovation of their houses. So the orders of laminate, for instance, is relatively low. Yeah, And that is an immediate impact. On the other hand, every crisis is a potential for digital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I learned. It's not only true for digital printing, but it's certainly true for digital printing because some companies then say, oh, I have more designs to do. I have shorter run lengths. It's the yeah. moment to go digital. Yeah, exactly there that. There are two factors huh? um, which, which, which combine to a certain effect. And, and, mm. and last but not least, huh, we are present in many parts of the world with our rings, with partners. So the, the economics of the world are, are hardly equal over the regions. That's right. So there are these effects that, that play an important role. Mm. Some of our partners are much more successful than that we originally thought. Some are slower in the adaptation of India. Mm. So that whole combination is challenging to have a good prediction of next year. On the other hand, India is proven to work. Mm. There is no discussion about that anymore. Even yeah. single water-based, all the technologies have proven records, have customers that use it day by day are giving the, um, the, the word to their market. Look, that's what we... Some, some of them are really very open to show it how good it works. Mm. That is really, really helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would say more of that and, and it's only there to grow. Yeah, interesting. So I expect a lot of next year. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Things will continue to evolve won't they listen mark good to speak to you thank you very much for giving us a bit of insight into agfa as an ink manufacturer i think it's worth reminding people that premise because actually you have a long history you uh, have a, a a technical knowledge that's pretty significant and uh, worth people being aware and reminded of so thank you for just reminding us and the audience appreciate that thanks for your time fraser and for uh, the good open 
uh, informal type of discussion, which I think is, is much more interesting than to have a, a story that I read of. Yeah? Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thank Mark. For- Take care. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe now for more great audio content coming up and visit futureprint.tech for the latest news, partner interviews, in-depth industry research, and to catch up on content from Futureprint events. We'll see you next time on the Futureprint podcast.